Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So who is still doing the Bible in a year? We don't have much longer to go, guys. Good job. Many hands. Not as many as the 9 a.m., but still good job. (laughs) I know. It's been a year, but I have to confess, I stopped reading all of the duplicate um, Psalms and Proverbs and New Testament back on Thanksgiving, where I drew the turkey right there, because that was Thanksgiving. But on Thanksgiving is when I circled and I wrote a... an an arrow and wrote preach right there. So that is going to be my message. When God showed me the scripture and highlighted this to me when I read it, I just couldn't read anymore. (laughs) I said, this is the word. And from that moment on, I only kept up with the Old Testament. So you are going to hear about this morning what God has, has highlighted to me. So If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke 24, because we are going to read quite a lot of scripture before I get started. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. It's going to be on the big Bible behind me where you can read with us. All right, Luke 24. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, angels. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and on the third day arise again. Okay, skip some verses. Down to 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things that had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Jesus asked them. And the one whose name was Cleopas answered, and he said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside beside all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen also a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain, and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see, but they did not see him. 
Side note, there's been a lot of ladies on this platform, but I just want to show you right here. It was women who spread the first news of Jesus' resurrection, okay? (laughs) Got to plug that in there. Says right there. Then he said to them, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning him, himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated, Jesus indicated, that he would have gone on farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went and stayed with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not your heart burn within us when he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So let me pray. God, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you that you came in flesh to help us understand the scriptures and to teach us, God. I thank you for every heart here that it would be open to your word this morning. And I thank you, Jesus, for healing in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we are going to come into this message. Uh, My Christmas gift for you all is this message. (laughs) And it is called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So my first thought, I have four thoughts around this passage of scripture that God just stopped me in my tracks and I just couldn't get past it. There's so much in this passage of scripture and I encourage you to go back and read all the parts of it because it's just such a powerful depiction of of God revealing himself to, to us here on earth and also gives us instruction for what we're meant to do. So for my first thought, it's He's not where you think he is, Jesus. So lots of people went looking for him in the wrong place. These people even went to the tomb looking for him, but he wasn't there. You could go to the cross where he might have been. He wasn't there. But where is he? So, so as the scriptures say, he died and rose again, that he died on the cross for all of us, and that, that he, when he died, he went into hell, took the, took the keys of hell, and rose again and now sits at the right hand of the Father. So he is not in some place that is confined, that is that has kept him. You know, nothing could confine him. Guards watching him, nothing could confine him. When our kids were two and four, we went to um, a wedding. They were ring bearers in a, in a Catholic wedding for our cousin. And so we took them to the church, and we had to sit a long time in the pews, um, because we had to do the rehearsal and then, you know, the next day in the wedding. And so we had like to keep them busy in the pews and keep them quiet. But at one point, my son Grady, he looks up and he sees the crucifixion, you know, and he goes, Jesus dead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he has never seen that before. (laughs) But so when we focus on the cross, we think of God's redemption, his love that he sent, that God sent his only son to die for us, for our sins. And the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate price that he paid for us. We think of the exchange that was made on the cross, the exchange so that we can have freedom, health, wholeness, all of these things, all of these things are so important that happened there. But from the cross, we go to exhibit B, the grave. 
And in the grave, he's no longer there either. So what we see there is that, that he was the fulfillment of the prophecy, that he wasn't just, he didn't just go to the cross and stay on the cross, that, that, that we recognize that he was born again. And it is in the power of the resurrection that we as Christians, that, that makes us different than a, a lot of a real, other religions in the world. Because what other savior has, or prophet has risen from the dead and revealed himself and now lives in heaven? Amen? Come on. Jesus, you the man. <laughs> I love it. But all joking aside, he wasn't in those places. But even in today's time, people are searching for Jesus. They search for him in, in books. They spend thousands of dollars in health, self-help seminars and, and different things. They, they turn to drugs. They, they turn to people. How many times does someone attach themselves to a person and, and not knowing they're looking for Jesus, but looking for something to fill that void and nothing satiates, nothing fills that void. So when we're born, we, we have a DNA within us that comes from our mother and father. And there are things that, that you see, our hair color, how, how we even talk, our laugh. I laugh exactly the same as my sister. So if we're in the same room and one of us laughs, they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are the same. We don't look the same, but, oh, by the way, she's moving to San Diego in 18 months. Yes. Just want to, I'm so excited about that. But um, so we look the same or, or similarly. And, and when we look in the mirror, we can see a resemblance of, of our parents because there's things within us that, that resonate. Well, our spirit and our soul are given from God at birth. And so, example, when I first came into Awakened Church, I had been in church my whole life. But when I stepped into this church, there was something that resonated in the inside of me where my spirit and my soul felt, oh my gosh, this is something I have been missing. This is something I haven't felt before. And it was resonating with the Holy Spirit and, and with God. So there is something when you have an encounter with God and he meets you there, there is an identification like resonance that happens where you feel like this is actually the thing I've been missing. And it's so amazing that he does that. Because he gave it to us from heaven. I love it. And, and, and some people, they, they look inwardly to, to find answers. When, when all of that, to me, it points back to God. I was, I was a biology major, and so, you know, evolution and all these things. And people are like, well, aren't you worried about this, the controversy of being a Christian and believing in these things? And I was like, to me, it all points to God. So... I, I'm not confused by it. So when you think, when, when you know, or when you look through the filter that it's all created by God, for God, and for his kingdom, it's actually really easy to understand. So everything points back to him when you know who he is. And, and even, even the birds and the, and the animals of the earth, they, I, I feel like they reflect his creation. So it's so, so beautiful. I love it so much. All right. So he stop looking for him in the wrong places. Amen? Okay. Point number two. He's not who you think he is. As the two walked and talked together, Jesus himself drew near, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. I love that. You're on a seven-mile walk with a friend, and then all of a sudden there's someone with you. And, and I, I would be like, where did you come from? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I also love it that he shielded their eyes so they didn't know him in that moment. I think he's trying to teach us something here. And Jesus asked him, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? 
are you the only stranger in Jerusalem that you don't know these things? He says to Jesus. And Jesus says, what things? And how funny is that? That Jesus likes to ask questions he already knows the answer to, or actually is the answer to. He was the answer. But I love that because our language locates us. So what God was doing here, what Jesus is doing here, he was asking them, where are you at? How are you doing? And, and he asked Adam and Eve in the garden, where are you? Do you think he didn't know that where they were? No, he wanted to hear what Adam and Eve said. He wanted to hear where their heart was. So when we speak, we, we reveal, um, you know, where, where we're at and what we're thinking and, and all of these things. And Jesus cares about these things. He's patient and kind to listen. He comes alongside. And even though he knows all the answers, he wants to hear us talk about them because he wants to, to see if we're okay. And he wants to help us to the solution. And a lot of times when he asks us a question that we already know the answer to, it helps us to understand ourselves. You know, how good is it when, when you know, we come to the altar and someone says, what can I pray for you for? Like, can you say, can you verbalize what it is that you're, you want prayer for? Can you say it or do you not know? You know, it, it helps us understand where we're at and where we're going. And so it's, it's so important to be able to do that. I love it. But what I love about this, script, this passage is that it's such a model of discipleship for us. It's, you know, he comes alongside. He asks questions. He cares about our day. When you're going through something tough, is there, is there someone who comes alongside of you and, and asks, why are you sad? Why are you looking sad today? Does somebody notice? Can we be those friends that, that come alongside someone and, and, and say, why, what has happened? Even if, even if, in this case, Jesus already knew why they were sad, but just to, just to be um, a listening ear, someone who cares, how important is that? There's sometimes when I go through hard times in life when I don't have someone next to me to ask me how I'm doing or can I pray for you? We're, we're so spoiled to be in a church like this where if we're going through something tough, it's actually hard for, to get through a day without someone coming and saying, let me pray for you, let me pray for you. The faith in this house is so great. But when you're alone, sometimes you don't, you're not feeling like your faith level is so high. And, and sometimes you need, you need some help on your own. You know, we're not, me included, there's days in the year where I'm, I'm by myself and I'm like, God, send me an angel. Send me an angel right now. And then Jane and Enrique pop up. Ah, I am here <laughs> to help you. I'm like, yes. Did you know that God has angels assigned to you to look after you and watch after you? Did you know that? How cool is that? All the people on the planet he wants you all saved and all to have protection angels. If that doesn't make you feel loved and part of the family, I don't know what does. But I just love thinking about that. And I love um, the fact that even if you don't have that friend to call, to call on at that moment, he is there and he will show up like that. Every time, every time I've called out to him in a moment of distress, God, I need you right now. Like, guess what? He shows up. Even if it's just a little voice reminding me, you're fine, calm down, you've got this. That's usually what he tells me. He usually tells me things I already know. He just reassures me. <laughs> it's usually not anything he needs to actually rescue me from. It's usually him saying, you've got this, Lisa. But even if it's just that, he is there to bring us the word when we need it. In Jesus' name, I love it. So... 
There's another type of, of messenger too, just the casual, you know, you have someone, you have someone that comes into your store or you go into a store and you have a compliment to give to someone. So a compliment is just think of it as a little package wrapped up like a gift that, that you give to someone. And small packages, small gifts are, are rarely turned down. So if you have a compliment that you need to give someone or an encouragement you need to give someone, give them that word. Maybe it's the word that they've been wanting to hear or needing to get through their day. You don't know what they're going through. So let's be generous with our encouragements. Let's be generous with our compliments. And it's just, it's a good time of year to, to remember that, that you don't know, and I know we've all heard this, like we don't know what people are going through, but we really don't. And even, even on my hard days, I'm think, I am um, <laughs> it reminds me of this time I, I was at Olive Garden and I was pregnant and Michael was out of town and I had the two like five and how old were the kids? Five and three year olds. And I, had, I worked that day dental hygiene and I'm sitting at the Olive Garden table and the kids are playing on the iPads, and I was just sitting there. And the kind waiter, he kept bringing me things and refills, drinks, and breadsticks. And I just cried. I said, thank you so much for being kind to me. And he didn't know what my day was, was like or what I was going through, but he was so nice to me. So I don't know who that was, but thank you. You were an angel sent to watch after me at Olive Garden. So you never know who's going to step into your world. Come on. But also, a side note, if you have a word that might be correcting for someone or, or God is saying you feel compelled that God has put on your heart that's correcting for someone, use discernment and be careful on giving that, that information because sometimes that information is not going to help the person. And prophecy um, should always be encouraging or edifying for that person. So if it's something that's going to bring them fear or more anxiety into their life, then maybe you hold on to that. Maybe God revealed that to you so you to hold on to it and pray for them. So you just text them and say, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you and send a little heart emoji. You know, you don't need to say, I had this dream and someone was coming after you with a knife and it's like, nope, we don't need to hear those things, okay? That's not helpful. So keep, those are not prophecies from, from, the, from the Lord to be shared. So you keep them to yourself. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then I love at the end of this walk that they're on, Jesus models what we should do from here. So he listens for a while and then he says, oh, you fools, how come you guys don't remember all the things that you've learned in the scriptures? Didn't you know this is going to happen? So he challenges them, and then he points them back to himself, points them back to scripture, and then he starts in sharing the scripture again. So this is Discipleship 101, everyone. Jesus modeled it right here on this, on this walk. All right, third point, God with us. Then when they drew, that's the name of the point. Then when they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone on farther, they were constrained, they constrained him saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far. Abide with us. How powerful is that? Stay with us. Don't leave us. Come with us. Stay the night with us. Do we invite Jesus in with us? Or do we, do we just go to church and listen to his teaching and, 
and go along the way. But, but this, is, this is a part where, where he is saying, stay with us. God does not want a distant relationship with us. He wants to live with us. He wants to do life with us. Romans 8, 38 says, I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love, neither life or death, neither angels nor demons, neither your fears of today or your worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. What a powerful scripture. I love that. If you need an encouragement, if you're having a down day, just read that over and over. You can't be sad for long. You can't be. It says, I, I, we like to watch The Chosen. It's a really good series on, on its own network. <laughs> but it's about Jesus. And, um, and I love it. But I would get jealous when I'd watch it because I'm thinking, I want to be there. I want to be one of them. I want to go and listen to the sermons. I want to walk with him. I want to I hang on every word he says, every teach, every rebuke, every, every little thing he does. I want to be there. I want to I know everything. And then that's when the Holy Spirit says, I am with you all the time. I'm like, yes, it's true. But it, I get excited when I watch that. Because even Jesus said, it's better if I go, because if I go, then I can send the helpmate to help us. And the cool thing about that is the Holy Spirit can be with us at the same time, wherever we're at, with each and every single person that's sitting in this room and beyond, he can be with us. So he actually is with you, and he actually has the answers all the time. But do we care to ask him, or do we lean on him? Or, I mean, if you are wondering, is he actually really with me? Ask him questions, like in the day. I mean, have a relationship with him. Have a dialogue with him. And he's there. And, and because he sent him, his reach is unlimited. Because wherever we go, we carry him with us. And that is what makes this so special, what, what he's done for us. So right now, if, if I, I just feel led to pray into this. If you feel like there's areas in your life where you feel like you felt anxiety or stress, where you've been not operating how God has called us to be operating, if you feel like there's crisis in your marriage or if there's loved ones away from, from, from him that you're believing for, I want to just pray into that right now because he is with us and right now we're going to activate our faith and we're going to believe, um, believe and pray into this. So if that's you, if, you feel, if, if you've been feeling burdened down um, this 2022, let's not go into 2023 with that same mentality. Let's stand on his word and activate that Jesus within us to operate how he's called us to operate, which is, which when we operate in that, it's honoring him. Okay, so let's do that. So if that's you, let's pray. Just raise your hand. I'm just going to pray. God, I just thank you for every hand raised. I thank you, God, that we are called to operate how you have, you have called us to, God. I thank you that there's gifts and talents on the each and every single one of us, that, that we don't want to live less than God, that we want to live over, that we are more than conquer, conquerors, that we are victorious. I thank you for every anxiety to be broken off right now in the name of Jesus, every stress to be broken off in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that people are going to be walking 
walking out of here in freedom because just because we know you, God. So I thank you right now for every hand raised. I thank you for increase. I thank you for blessing. I thank you for, for courage that every hand raised, I believe you're going to be stepping into something this next week or an encounter this next week that, you, that is going to activate you. You're going to step out of faith, in faith, and act in courage because you're going to remember that it is Jesus who walks with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. Come on. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're all going into the new year with Jesus. Amen. All right. Okay, so my last point. Jesus revealed. So now it came to pass, as he sat at the, at the table with them, that he took the bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and then he vanished from their sight. This is my favorite, because it was in the breaking of bread, it was around the table of communion where God revealed who he was. It wasn't in the walking alongside, it wasn't him drawing near, it wasn't him asking questions, it wasn't even him teaching his own scriptures. He wasn't revealed in any of that. We see his character, we see his love, we see his patience, but it wasn't him who was revealed until they broke the bread. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of, of God's heart, his father's heart, that he wants to sit down with us, break bread, and meet with us and have a relationship with us. And every time we have communion, he meets us in that place. That's exactly where he's at. And that's exactly where he will be revealed to us. And I love it because then poof, he's off. <laughs> he's off to the next I feel like he will reveal himself just long enough or stay with us just long enough for us to have that moment of breakthrough, just to have that moment of revelation or that, that word or that peace to come for us to get up and say, wow, thank you, God. Thank you, God. That was only you. That was only you. I love it. And I love it because when you know him, and you have relationship with him. We don't have to see him to believe in him. Just because he's not with us in the flesh, like I wish, like I was in the chosen. Just because he's not with us in the flesh doesn't mean he's not there. He's actually always there. So we don't need to see him to believe in him. And here's the cherry on top of this passage of for me, which to me, has just been such a beautiful passage to, to look on the last few weeks. It's just been so heartwarming and just so beautiful. At the very end, they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us when he talked with us on the road and when he opened the scripture for us? Does your heart burn for him? What a beautiful picture. Uh, in, in The Last Chosen, there was um, a scene where Jesus had just preached the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, Andrew wanted to go visit John the Baptist in prison, and Joanna takes him there. And they go, and John the Baptist's like, did you see him? How was this preached? What did he say? Did you see him? And Joanna said, he's indescribable. I have no words. And John the Baptist says, like, was it like you were grateful for food and didn't realize you were starving? 
And that just, that's me. That's how I feel. When you, when you find God, when you find that moment with him, when he reveals himself to you, it's like you've been starving. You didn't realize it. And he comes in and calms every fear, heals every broken heart over everything. And the cares of the world just fade away. And it's just such a beautiful picture of his heart. And I, and I feel like today there's people here that you once had that fire burning for him and it's gone out. Or maybe you've never felt what it was like to have that fire burning. Or maybe you're, you're feeling it right now. Well, right now, I'm just going to ask everyone to have their eyes closed and head bows. We're just going to stay here for a minute. If that's you, if you want to reconnect with him today, gosh, God, we, I need you. I need you in my life. I want my heart to burn for you again. And every day of my life, I can't live without it. This is what we do here in church, <laughs> is to meet with you, God. So if that's you, if you want to say yes to God for the first time or maybe the hundredth time, will you just slip your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for? Who are those ones this morning? I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you over there on the side. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Light their fire again, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's just such a beautiful presence here right now. We thank you, God, that you are Emmanuel. God with us, that when we call on your name, you are here. When we sing your praises, you are here. When we look to you to rededicate our lives, you are there. You meet us here. I thank you, God, for every hand that was raised. I thank you, God, that you are, meet, that you are healing hearts, that you are meeting them. And I thank you, Jesus, during this Christmas season, that we remember that you sent your son for us, that we can celebrate your goodness and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.